You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. There's been a major escalation in the tensions between Canada and China. The latest flare-up comes after China reconsidered the 15-year prison sentence of Canadian Robert Schellenberg, who was convicted of drug smuggling, at least being an accessory to drug smuggling. Yesterday, a court ruled to instead sentence him to death. This prompted a travel advisory for Canadians visiting China. It's been upgraded and now advises us to have a, quote, high degree of caution when visiting China due to the risk of arbitrary enforcement of local laws and the potential of the death penalty for any drug-related offense. Meanwhile, China is expressing its, quote, strong dissatisfaction with our prime minister, and they say Justin Trudeau should keep quiet, respect the rule of law, and respect China's judicial sovereignty. Okay, so uh, upping the ante in the wake of the arrest of Meng Wanzhou, uh, it's pretty clear, but uh, this time in a really scary way. Uh, want to hear from you? 416 360 toll free 1 866 740 And with me in studio, I have Chuck Kwan, who is with the Toronto Association for Democracy in China, and on the line, Colin Robertson, who is a former diplomat. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Good to be with you, Libby. Okay. Good afternoon. Okay, so uh, let's start with you, Chuck. What's your reaction to this? My, my fighting word would be, you respect our rule of law. Uh, we have our law, we have our extradition treaty with the U.S., and we have to have a fair justice in terms of treating uh, Meng Wanzhou. So I think this extreme irony and hypocrisy that they would ask us to respect their rule of law. Colin Robertson? Well, I think in the case of Mr. Schellenberger, the Chinese have always taken a very tough line on uh, drugs, and uh, part of this dates back to the history and the sort of Chinese sense that the years of humiliation, the century and a half, was imposed by the West, and the root of it was the trade in opium and return for tea and things. And so I remember when I was posted as a diplomat to China, they would have, they, were, they treated drug smuggling pretty severely, and including public executions in uh, the public places like a uh, sports arena and things just to send a message. So I think, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Schellenberger's gotten caught up in something which has got deep roots in current Chinese history. Okay, so uh, they are, China is the world's top executioner, according to Amnesty International. Uh, They uh, execute foreigners often. They don't usually execute people from the West. I think the last time was in 2009. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, that's, that's the record. Uh, but now the Prime Minister says that uh, he would always intervene in the case of anybody sentenced to death. Of course, we don't have the death penalty here, but, but why should anybody think that other countries will respect this, Chuck? Well, first of all, I'm not surprised that the death penalty was handed out um, because, as uh, the, the speaker said, yes, we China does have a death penalty and does hand it out to foreigners. However, the surprising thing is 
how fast this was handed out uh, within weeks of Meng Wanzhou's arrests. So this clearly points to retaliation, uh, and we need to retaliate back. I, that's all there is to it. I, otherwise, I, I know, uh, you know, even on a human rights front, no country should be executing anyone. Um, I know that we're not. There are many countries do that, but the thing is that. China now uses the death penalty as a bargaining chip, as a as a threat to Canadian-China uh, relationship. Okay. Well, he got a 15-year sentence. Right. Is is that how it usually works, Colin? That that uh, there's an uh, initial sentence and then it's revised up, um, or is is this the only time you've seen something like this? Uh, no, I've I've seen it happen in the past where on review because again it's a very different judicial system than we would have in Canada and where, where on review the courts may impose a more severe penalty does this get caught up in the current Canada-China dispute potentially because there's the Chinese Communist Party keeps a very close watch over all the instruments of state including the judiciary so it, it is quite possible although Canadians should keep in mind that when in, in terms of drugs in China, as with other Asian countries, Malaysia, for example, the, the death penalty is, uh, is a potential uh, sentence. When I was posted there, I would be often visiting Canadians in jail, and most of the time they were in jail because they were involved. They've been involved in drug smuggling. Uh, as you point out, it's not often that they execute foreigners, but it does happen on occasion. It's something that Canadians have to be aware of. So basically, our laws do not apply over there. That's always what we tell Canadians: is that when you're there, you're subject to the to the laws in that country. And do you think uh, that more retaliation on our part, as Chuck is suggesting, is is the right way to go? No, I think that as the Prime Minister said, we'll make representations on Mr. Schellenberger's behalf to try and mitigate the the death penalty. That's something that, as uh, pointed out, we don't practice in Canada. Uh, but I don't think retaliation is is the way to go. I think that it, what we're trying to to demonstrate to the Chinese is that the rule of law is something that is is removed from the executive. That it, it's it's not like it is in China, where in a sense the shots are called by the president and they can override the judiciary. In, in our system, the rule of law is 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 different, and that uh, it, it's the, the, the the judiciary is independent of and acts as a check on the executive power. And that's that's a fundamental shift that uh, the Chinese don't understand because it's, it's not how their system operates. And just as we have to understand how their system operates, we try to demonstrate to them that our system is meant to be fair and impartial and separate from the, the hand of the state. Do, do you really think, Chuck, that they don't understand? I mean, they're pretty sophisticated. Right. I, think, I, think, I think we should call a spade a spade. I think China fully understands what we are going through, what our judiciary system is. I mean, they have lawyers. They, they know what, what we are doing. Uh, the, the problem right now is that last 10 years, with the rise of Xi Jinping as the president, uh, whom he also got the second 10-year term, uh, or rolling 10-year terms, uh, we have seen China being the bully, and they just obs uh, ob obliterate any civil discourse, any uh, rules guarding diplomacy, 
Uh, and they're doing what they want to do because they know they're number two in the world and Canada's a small country. Uh, so in that sense, I, 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 I don't think we should sit back quietly and hope that they understand our system. More importantly, we have a very big weapon in our hands right now is Huawei. We are the only one of the the only one in the big five, big eyes, uh, five eyes uh, network that still allow Huawei to possibly run the networks of federal governments, uh, and even UK has banned Huawei from their federal uh, from the federal uh, level. So in that sense, I think we should be a very publicly saying, okay, we're going to review your Huawei application, and um, to. We haven't disapproved yet. We haven't approved yet. So let's see. You know, let's see what you do. I think that's a way to play. At least uh, that's how I play poker. Okay, let's take a call from Mary in Burlington. Hi, Mary. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for your call. With regard to uh, the young man, Canadian, who has now been uh, sentenced to death, he's had his sentence reversed. I am wondering if China of the United Nations has appealed to China with regard to the way our Canadians have been incarcerated and treated inhumanely without so far known just cause so far. We've had the diplomat and the other gentleman and we have others right now being incarcerated and being held in most inhumane conditions. Have I heard the UN or anybody from the Arab world speaking out on Canada's behalf? I can't, unless I am tone deaf, but I'm not hearing anything. And I mean, look, look, look at how recently we've heard these people have been held in cells. Are you talking about the the other two? Okay, Mary, uh, get your point. We'll check on that. Thanks for your call. Uh, Right now we have to take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll see if if it's of any use at all to try to get the UN on side uh, with this. Uh, I don't know that they're very effective. Right now we're going to take another break, and we will be right back with more on this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Uh, we're back. We're talking about China-Canada relations in the wake of the death sentence for a Canadian convicted of abetting drug smuggling and uh, the travel advisory from the Canadian side and the scolding from the Chinese of our Prime Minister. And uh, Colin Robertson, how does this chapter affect uh, the two who were originally detained after the, the Huawei executive was uh, arrested, uh, and that's Kovrig and Spavor. Well, I think it's separate, but I do think that, as Marcus points out, there's a lot of Canada's become, in a sense, a proxy because we're of our very close alignment militarily and uh, economically with the United States. And I think the the government's, which I think was a correct decision, to follow through on the request by the United States on the extradition request for Madame Wing Zhao of Huawei was, has, has, has led to all of these uh, uh, these actions from China. And I think that Mr. Schellenberger is probably a piece in this, but certainly in the case of Mr. Kovrig and Mr. Spavard, that they are 
they are direct sort of collateral damage and I think will likely be held until the extradition hearing for Madame Wang Meng Wenzhou has been completed. And it's unfortunate, but it's it's the way it is. And there's, aside from what we're doing now, is trying to seek consular representation and ensure that that Mr. Kovrig, Mr. Spavor are treated humanely. And I, I would you know point out to some of the callers, we have made representations to our our allies, and so the British, the French, the Germans, the European Union, the Australians have all spoken out and, and basically said this is wrong. What China is doing, the question about whether we go to the United Nations, not sure would have much effect. And unfortunately, the human rights uh, agencies within the UN tend to be pretty biased and often run by the people who don't practice human rights. And, and of course, the Security Council of China would just veto anything. So the UN is, is probably not the the, the place to go on this one. I think what we're doing through our allies is, is the right way to do it. But for now, it's, uh, it's 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 very unfortunate for those who are being detained. And I think the government has put out the travel advisory for good reason, because you never know who might be next. Well, exactly. Um, we're starting to run out of time. And Chuck, you were making an interesting point about a Huawei executive arrested in Poland. That's heard? right. I mean, he was arrested on spying charges. Uh, I think that was a few days ago or last week. I, I think China is really concerned about the EU market. They don't want to make a big fuss out of it. That's why they did not make any comments or anything about him being arrested, uh, in contrast to Madame Meng Wanzhou. Uh, so I think China is desperately trying to keep the two issues separate. Um, my advice to Justin Trudeau would be make a call to the Polish Prime Minister and let's talk. I think that's the way to get to China is the Huawei. Okay. That's the key to the whole thing. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm I'm going to take a call, but Bill, we need you to be very brief. Hi, Bill. Okay. Well, I'm no expert, but I don't really ever count on the UN for doing anything. <laughs> this is the way China conducts their business. You know, Trudeau said he admired their basic dictatorship. Last time I checked, him and Sophie were skipping down the old yellow brick road there over in the Great Wall. This is the man's awakening. He he's been a child. This is the real world, my friend, and Donald Trump has you over a bucket right now. And, uh, you know, wait till this woman has to be shipped down to the United States. This is going to be a disaster. Bill, I think that was a very concise way of putting it. Thank you very much for that. Okay, we've got like maybe a minute left, so I'm going to ask my guests to wrap things up, starting with Colin Robertson. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think just on, on the Huawei question, it's going to be very tough for Canada, I think, to buy into that. And I think that we'll do a review, but uh, this is a really big deal. This, is, of course, will be the who provides the, the components for our 5G network, which is going to be the next basic communications across Canada. And I think it's going to be very tough for Huawei to win, given that Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and Britain have basically said no. Okay, and what would you like uh, well, to leave in that us sense, with? I would dangle Huawei's case in front of China right now and play poker with them. I mean, that's the only way we can deal with these uh, bullies in the schoolyard. Okay, and uh, just uh, finally, uh, the prognosis for uh, the Canadians who are being held there. I think they're there for a while, unfortunately. Any way to reverse that execution, Chuck? Well, the only way we would be both sides come to a census and do a trading deal and have uh, Mr. Spellingberg come back to surface terms in Canada. That would be the best solution. Okay, but and the likelihood? Hopeful. 
Likelihood, not likely, but we can always try. I mean, this is something that uh, uh, we know that they're they're using it as a threat, and and so until that uh, tension goes down, the threat will always be there. And I think China is doing that ex- precisely for the same point. They're not executing him in ten days; they're just letting him dangle in there. Right oh. now. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much, callers. If we couldn't get to your call, Free For All Friday coming up. And again, this might come up before then. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests, Colin Robertson, a former Canadian diplomat and vice president of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, and Chuck Wan uh, from uh, Toronto Centre for Democracy in China. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 